Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. We are back in Argentina for another wine episode. This time we focus on Mendoza. What do these grapes, grapes have that other wine reasons don't? Probably the terroir. It's usually the terroir. So get ready for your wine mouth because we are going to have a drink. <laughs> Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hello. Hi, everybody. Howdy, Howdy y'all. y'all. I love that in the intro I messed up the word grapes, but I said terroir just fine. Like, <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> Look, it wasn't until you started reading it and everything clicked, and I was just like, no. It was everything in Justin's power to not make a Nazi joke. <laughs> that's, true. that's like every day well no it's mostly Oktoberfest and <laughs> it's mostly Oktoberfest we're talking about Argentina it's springtime yeah <laughs> springtime for Hitler and Germany there it is Can has anyone Winter. checked on Mel Brooks oh. recently uh, a few months back I did a wellness check on Mel, okay. Uh, Mel Brooks okay so, what's everyone uh, been up to? Uh, lots and lots of work. It has been... I am... Uh, I got promoted, which means I do my old job plus more. <laughs> and learning the plus more is... I'm not going to say challenging. It's just... It, part of it is easy. I just have to figure out where everything is now when I'm, as I'm doing it. Uh but it's just there's a lot so i have had a stressful few weeks uh congratulations again though on the promotion absolutely yeah. congratulations and i'm sorry <laughs> no I, I i i still enjoy it and everything's great it's just there was there is part of my job now that i'm looking at, oh i understand more bits of this but also where am i going to find the time to do this <laughs> Tis the way it goes. Uh, but it'll be fine. As they say, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> that is that is accurate. I, I feel like I got a commensurate pay bump for the amount of problems I'm having. And then they keep piling on these new problems and new problems. You're like, I don't know when I'm going to get all this done. And then they go, oh, yeah, now you're on salary. No more overtime. Or you work the overtime. You just don't get paid for it. Well, they, I'm not on salary, so that part's good. 
<laughs> and and I actually worked as like, oh yeah, because I always keep accidentally showing up early and then staying late. I, they they are paying me some overtime despite only working. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, I I have, I I am incapable of not showing up fifteen minutes early to work. <laughs> it just can't be done. If you're not <laughs> early, you're late. Exactly. Uh, I have Mr. that mentality, Bell. and I have to like remind myself that not everyone lives by that. And so when I see people come in, I'm just like. Like they're five minutes late in my head going, where have you been? <laughs> Look, marching band and pep band, and, uh, Mr. Bell, he, he grilled it into us. If anything, he turned a bunch of like shiftless layabouts into we'll <laughs> always be there early. <laughs> uh, all right. Sorry. That's enough of that. How have you all been? <laughs> Getting by, I guess. Uh, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Because uh, we've got the great uh, Midwest beer run coming up next weekend. Me and Justin yeah. are going to Kenosha. Mm. And uh, we're picking up our, well, stopping on the way back. I'm picking up our Dark Lord, going up to Kenosha, obviously to get new Glarus, because why the hell else would you go to Wisconsin? That's, yep. Uh, I mean, we joked about this last year, the year before, about like, yeah, we just need to do like a big beer run out that way. And this time I was like, yeah, I'm going to go pick up this. I do. I can take time off. That is a thing I can do. <laughs> make that uh, make that mental flip of the switch. <laughs> yeah, essentially, it's like you can take a day off and just go get beer. Uh, I didn't say that in my request for time off. I just said, hey, I'm going on a trip with a friend. Is it okay? And they're like, yeah. Oh, I, at work, I, it was... I told my boss. Was, um, at work, it was so weird because uh, they are so encouraging of you need to take your time off. And they preach it all the time. That even someone that had made a joke about someone taking time off be like, I just don't know how we're going to get it all done um, while you're on your your time off. Apparently got reprimanded because they made the joke about (laughs) they just made a joke about someone taking time off. I'm like, oh, all right. You're serious about this. So what you've learned is keep your jokes to yourself. No fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. No fun. No fun. No fun when it's in, in like. Uh, you're not going to be anti-vacation here. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Or pro-guilt, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they pro-guilt, anti-fun. You know. if, I don't, if I don't have guilt, I don't feel anything at all. So. That's how you're raised. Yep, right? You, you grow up in a certain kind of household. <laughs> Look, uh, vacation's one of the reasons I stay at my current job. Well, I don't dislike my job at all. I really like the vacationing, like that's because I'm already not at the top tier of it, but I'm already to the point to where I'm getting so much vacation that I can't really use it in a single year, and like 10 days of it carries over to the next year. So I'm just like, yeah. you know, I, I'm swimming in time off. So God. The good part about the, like, the ones that I really like are the ones that are like, okay, yes, you only carry over 10 will pay you for whatever you don't carry over. Yep. Which there's not many that do that, but that's that's the nice one. It's just like, all right, here's your bonus at the end of the year. Yeah, we've yeah. also got that going. So it's like 10 days will carry over and anything extra you just get paid for. Yeah, nice. we don't have that, but like like nothing carries over, but 
We also, they just upped the vacation for everybody too. So it's like, all right. And we get time off for like mental health. They can literally take a mental health day. Yeah. And we actually have a national mental health day off. And (laughs) look, I went from no holidays to getting holidays off. So (laughs) you went real bank holidays. I went real. Oh, and this year, Christmas and New Year's are on a set on a Sunday, so they hit. I get the Monday after off. Oh, are they? Yep. Either, ah. yep. Yeah, yeah. It's. I was looking at the calendar. I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm gonna get drunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just get... tie, tie it back to the episode. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's keep this going around. What? Uh, don't what? Casey, what are you? I've, uh, I'm. I've, I went to the farmer's market. Like, <laughs> I canned some, uh, canned some sweet potatoes and um, some heirloom varieties of beans today. So that was fun. Uh, ate like five cobs of corn already today. Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, my gosh. When we were at my parents last time, yeah, like we came back with like two things of, of um, beans. My parents went nuts on beans and corn. Mm. Just Her dad has just went nuts canning and i also saw some uh leather britches drying in the rafters of the carport i I, did make 10 pounds of leather britches last week well 10 pounds wet dry they're like a gallon bag that's it (laughs) yeah i was talking to my parents this week and they uh they did tell me that uh uh like it they were like as i was getting off the phone they're like oh yeah yeah just fine we're just getting ready to make some chicken and dumplings i was like oh i want that yeah, too bad. <laughs> so to you. you should have come home. I saw um, this was I can't remember what it was on. I think it was like uh, our white people Twitter or something. But it was something that will hit home with all of us. It was just a text message thing. Someone said, "Oh, the I made chicken." Bread. It was I made chicken and dumplings, and the next reply was, "Oh no, who died?" <laughs> uh, it's a. It's a. I want to say. Not funeral staple, but like wake. <laughs> it's a uh, that's the, the staple that you give to someone. I'm sorry. Here's ten gallons of chicken and dumplings to get you well, and your family through. Well, true. My my grandfather made su- uh, such good chicken and dumplings that they were a year. They were they were a constant Sunday Sunday dinner thing. So oh, ours was Thursday. It was always, um, that was the day we went up to that grandmother's house. And so it was chicken and dumplings, um, unless it was blackberry season. And then it was blackberry dumplings, Ooh. Um, mm. huh. which are similar, except you take out the chicken and add in blackberries. Blackberries, so yeah. <laughs> um, tart, sounds and tart. then, yeah. I'm sure they added a ton of sugar to it. I, I have no doubt on that one. I don't, I don't mean to give it as a bad thing. I just like, oh, it's something that could be a nice... <laughs> I just thought that was a nice yeah. aside thing for down home. And Casey, I had a question a, about something I know you'd you've been up to. Well, you didn't mention it to us, but I saw it in my social media from uh from the I'm brewery, not. your banana bread brown. Oh yeah. I, brown I, I missed this. Banana nut bread brown ale. So <laughs> like move over pumpkin spice. We've yes. got a new fall flavor. That sounds I'm, fine yes. too though. Yeah, I'm I'm all on board for this. Uh, I, I, I will swear fealty to you. I'll burn every pumpkin I can find <laughs> if that's what we're getting instead. In fairness, I was yeah. already on that train. So <laughs> I mean I got that yeah. and then a whoopie pie porter coming out soon oh. too. Oh. oh you know, you don't hear as much like 
you'd think that, that would be done more. Like, I, I feel like I've heard yeah. of one beer ever besides what you just said. Uh, yep. Chocolate, God. marshmallow, vanilla. Although Casey. I will say, this is the best, whether you like pumpkin or not, this is the best time of year for those flavors and scents because we just got our candles from Bath and Body Works. I was going to so. say, Casey is out there making making the beers to make the alcoholics lose their feet. That's right. Getting the beat us. It's, uh, well, we, we try to keep it, like, not sweet toward the end. Mm. And so I should have added, I didn't add lactose to it. I should have added lactose to the whoopie pie. Um, it worked no. out okay because then it's still lactose free and everything. But no, keep the lactose out. I'm I'm kind of anti lactose <laughs> at the moment. I'm just sick of lactose, and I'm convinced that's one of the things that kills beer over time. Mm, like yeah. it just annihilates any flavors that were in it after a few months. Which you want to go? Who's drinking beer after a few months? Well, me because I buy <laughs> things and forget about them. That fair. The whole storage. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess before we get to the topic, we've got Oktoberfest coming up. Oh, soon. yeah. Uh, we've got Oktoberfest in two weeks. And we'd love it if you could join us in town. We know you you know most people are not going to. But we're going to be pimping around. Uh, it's They actually cut Thursday off. It's not, well. They, the they, fest- they paired back to original length. Well, they condensed it, so you used to have all these games and the running of the wieners on Thursday, and then there wasn't really a fest going on, but we kind of made a fest because we're like, well, we're going to go drinking downtown anyway. (laughs) Hmm. But now uh, they moved the running of the wieners onto Friday to officially kick it all off. I do do have friends from in town that are heading up on Friday because we all went, we're watching those wiener dogs. (laughs) It's adorable. It is. And uh, so we'll be there. And hit us up if you're going to be around. We'd love for you to join our gaggle of clogging up the streets of too many people, like in our group. So where it, you don't too many dicks. Yeah, we all meet up. Basically, we meet and we start moving down the street together, and slowly start losing people. And by the time we get to the end of the street, we turn around and go, "We're alone." <laughs> Where'd everyone go? <laughs> yeah, but we they're love dead, you Jim. Could... If you could join us, and, 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 we have so much new merch uh, in the store, which Brittany, every every week, has been barking about, hey, <laughs> hey, there's new stuff, hey. Well, she keeps adding and adding and adding. That is, I, maybe there's, five things. There's all the stickers in there now. You get all the sticker sheets. and uh, Some good new stickers. <laughs> and then the drinking team shirt. <laughs> the Oktoberfest uh, drinking team. Was it, was it say, have a drink? It, it just says Oktoberfest drinking team, but it has the our logo, and then it ha- it. I modeled it after the Ted Lasso, um, AFC Richmond shir- jerseys. Yeah, but uh, we decided just before we we kicked this thing recording, all proceeds from those shirt sales now through the end of the year are going to be donated into the uh, extra life. Yeah, the extra life streamathon that we do on New Year's Eve. So on New Year's Eve, we're going to take all the money that we make from those shirts and we're going to donate it in. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just say, never mind. <laughs> Ignore me. But they, we do have, so there's, I think there's a regular t-shirt version of the shirt yeah. and there's also an athletic material, which, so when you're going to go out drinking at Oktoberfest, uh, in this hemisphere, it's pretty warm still. <laughs> So it's nice to have moisture wicking 
while you're out drinking, sweating. I thought about getting that, but I was also kind of afraid it was going to hug to me too much. And I, we got, I don't like not small sizes. <laughs> it's true, but um, yeah, I was going to say like so on the stream front, we're still uh, looking at details on the uh, you know evening streaming, let's say, um, because there are some other things going on with other podcasts perhaps with other shows um but we do still plan as usual to do like uh like streaming from the actual fest so yeah we'll we'll be doing live down there on friday during the day saturday during the day and one of those we're considering maybe going down for an evening because we've never done an evening at Oktoberfest. <laughs> It's true. Always too tired. Always yeah, I was to say, tired. I'm still not really 100% on that one. But. <laughs> and I'm just like, I want to see it in the evening. I want to see the the hell that we always avoid. Because by 4 o'clock, we're all like, all right, we're, everyone's pretty pretty far gone. We need to go home, eat pizza, and pass out on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the one refresher that we all know you yes. have to get now. Oh, <laughs> the popsicle thing? It, the oh. truly popsicles. It's oh, true. Yeah. Oh, I bet they'll be there. Which, yeah. Which brings up another thing from this past week that I did. Oh. oh. Apparently, Anheuser-Busch is getting class action lawsuit over the Limeritas. Oh. Oh. And I have bought Limerita popsicles, so I signed up for my $10 rebate from the... Uh, <laughs> From buying Limerita popsicles. Okay, so nice. pay me my money. That's right. That's awesome. That made me think about it when you all were talking about the uh, uh, the you know general Oktoberfest vibes. But Casey last year we got the truly popsicles. Casey says it's my money and I need it now. Wow. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's, what I mean, ten dollars. That's you know, it's going to buy a, a, maybe a four pack of beer of mediocre beer. But go get some bush. If AB and Bev doesn't get it. Oh, get get you some get you some beast. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there we go. Well, I could put it right back into their pocket and go and buy a bush. No, like, no you got to go put it into the competitor's pocket. Mm. Yeah, I said bush. <laughs> I actually meant the other one. Sorry. Does <laughs> <laughs> um, that do us on announcements? I think so. And I think we have a topic. Been on that truck. Been on that truck. Looking, I'm like, uh, we, we really don't have a sounder for like wine things. Hmm. It always feels funny to chant that we're not that drunk while we're drinking wine. Hmm. Uh, as I drink from my very classy tulip beer glass, because mm. it does look very, you know, that's wine better tasting. Than, than my wine glass, which is a uh, moose eggnog glass. It was almost going to be an Oktoberfest cup. I thought it was going to be really funny to use one of my my yearly oh. Oktoberfest mugs and just pour wine out there going, I don't care. Use a, use a boot. I was pretty sure, though, that it was going to stain the, the cup. Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Boot the well, wine. Today's wine comes to you from Argentina. Like so many other things. They import a lot of German things, I know. Yeah. German people... Especially from around 1945 19, uh, uh, on. Uh, is this but we did. 
I'm sorry? Just the season for all those jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Argentine wine uh, in episode 185. God, that was farther back than I thought. I just looked up and saw the episode number. I was like, ah! Yeah, and I was looking that up. I was like, oh. <laughs> I just had to do the search. I was like, okay. And wow. your face did the reverse Denethor thing. Uh, today, we are solely focusing on that most important wine region uh, in Argentina, accounting for nearly two-thirds of the country's entire wine production, uh, 75% of the total vineyards. Located in the eastern foothills of the Andes, vineyards are planted in some of the highest altitudes in the world, uh, with the average site location 2,000 to 3,600 uh, 3, feet above sea level. The principal wine-producing... Oh, <laughs> I always thought the Andes were, like, right beside the Alps, or... <laughs> In the Himalayas, <laughs> like those, I mean, those filled me like they should be Alps the, and Andes, right there. They're the South uh, okay. American equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always when I hear about them, like my mind immediately goes to chinchillas. I'm just like, I want to go there because there's just these adorable, crazy, soft rodents running around. But basically, like they're like real Pikachu's, minus the you know, electricity. But you they just are. want to rub your face in them. They're so cute. They're, they're I mean, soft, they're cute, and they can outrun cats like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> we all know from a friend of ours. Yeah. Seen it happen. Uh, Look, and... <laughs> and you never wash them after midnight, or at all. <laughs> don't wash them, period. Water gets introduced into them, and they become... Dead. Essentially. You literally don't. <laughs> they can't get wet. They bathe in dust. <sighs> well, uh, the principal wine-producing area falls into two main departments, the Maipo and the Luan. Luan? Um, there's a lot of words in this episode. <laughs> you don't say. I'm sorry. I mean, we're, I think we're all subject to it. At this responsible point. hosts would have looked up how to say this, but we're not responsible hosts. We like Look, to live... We like to this live many, do it. This many years on, you'd be ashamed of us if we started being responsible now. Exactly. It's a cold read. So, it some adds of the, to it. Some of the stuff when I try to look it up, I'm like, I just get so frustrated lately with, I don't remember if it's Google Translate or what it was, but I was just like, okay, you know what? You're not even trying anymore. Like, because I'm waiting for it to pronounce it the proper way. And it just says it in like this dumbest, like the way we would say it. And I'm like, okay, you're not. <laughs> I, I don't trust you anymore. When you type in Versailles, it comes back for sales. And you're just like, I, <laughs> you're a liar. You should stop right now. It's like when Skype says there aren't any updates. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's maybe it's location based, and it's just accounting for what your accent is. <laughs> it's pandering. I don't uh, appreciate that either. Google. Well, YouTube's how to pronounce this. It's much better. There is definitely oh God, like yeah. some phlegm in this name. <laughs> well, uh, that's it. I mean, we've already touched on some lineage in the country. <laughs> Surprised there's not umlauts on some of this. That came in. That came in later after everything was named. <laughs> Established in ninety three, nineteen ninety three. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's the the the, the, the yeah, uh, it's the, the actual Appalachian. Yeah, 
uh, uh, anyway, yeah, the uh, they, sorry, those the ones I said, Mapu and Luhan, uh, inc uh, which include Argentine's first de uh, delineated appellation established in 1993, Luhan de Cuyo, 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 uh, Luhan de Cuyo. Pink skin grapes of Sierra Grande and Cereza account for more than a quarter of all plantings, but Malbec uh, is a, is the region's most important planting. Gotcha. All right. Uh, followed closely by Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Tempranillo, uh, Tempranillo, and Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Yeah, so the, <laughs> that Criolla Grande and Cereza uh, are like pretty specific to this region. You don't see them a whole lot outside of this region. And so. Um, calling them out for for being a quarter of it but really you're seeing this this malbec being a huge amount of of what's made it was interesting when i went to the liquor store to find uh to find wine and there's no there wasn't a label in a, a lane labeled argentine wine hmm. however i went down and started seeing malbecs and then went oh this is from argentina good enough <laughs> i was i was waiting for you to be like oh the, there wasn't an argentine area and then I just stumbled and found them in the German wines. And... <laughs> I walked by. It's like, Gewürztraminer. Oh, here's the Mendoza. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, Look, it's a bad joke. We shouldn't be making it. Yeah, but they shouldn't have harbored Nazis, so we're even. <laughs> <laughs> Completely not even on that page. Uh, so I, I was also going to apologize. Like, I tried to edit some of the... Because um, the, the, the place I grabbed it from was like... Like it was, I had to go through and like convert everything, and it was like it's you know meters spelled with T R E S instead of and like all that stuff. So I had to go change a lot of the th the stuff like that. So just, oh, yeah, you're it's, fine. if I missed punctuation or something, that's it's it was weird to begin with. Well, Mendoza is considered the heart of the winemaking industry in Argentina, with the vast majority of the large wineries located in uh, provincial capital of Mendoza. 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 All right, I'm looking for the goose. Hold on. <laughs> I'm looking for the goose. <laughs> that that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> Just a woman on their phone with a glass of wine. I'm looking for the goose. Is that uh, is that the new euphemism mean so many for uh, day drinking wine? <laughs> I'm looking for the goose. It's a replacement well. for the vodka thing. Uh, Mendoza's winemaking history is ne uh, nearly as old as the uh, colonial history of Argentina itself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, when it's, uh, as, as they said that, I was like, "Oh, right, right." Colonialism. <laughs> uh, well, the first vines were planted by priests of the Catholic uh, Church's Jesuit order in the mid-16th century, uh, borrowing agricultural techniques from the Incas and Huarpes, uh, who had occupied the land before them. I mean, air quotes. <laughs> they're, they're, borrowing uh, techniques. <laughs> Gun to their head. Show me how you make the things grow. A little bit of hand waving there. Yeah. Uh, how do you? How do you do? And how are you breathing so easily up here? It's really high. Uh, in the period of uh, colonization that followed, Spanish missionaries believed uh, are believed to have introduced grapes, uh, predominantly so uh, South America's ubiquitous. Uh, Mission slash pari, uh, pai, 
I know it is Cerola Chica in Arge- in Argentina from Spain. The resulting wine uh, was designed for sacramental use. In fairness, when you got to make the blood of Christ, you're gonna have to bring the bring the grapes over. So it's it's I I like to imagine at this point that it's 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 less like they wanted actual full vineyards and just like they were kind of haphazard about bringing an invasive species into into Argentina and suddenly they're like, oh my god, where'd all these vineyards come from? <laughs> it's like there's nothing that'll naturally put this stuff down. <laughs> uh, it's understood Malbec was brought to Argentina in the mid-19th century, uh, and its introduction to the country generally credited to French uh, argonomist uh, and amplographer. Those are two things I have never heard of before. One of them, I think, is a person who is on the Argo, uh, on the Argo. So I don't know how he's not an ancient, ancient Mycenaean Greece, but uh, an amplographer. My my guess is that it is. Uh, I don't know. I, I was going to say something like with with uh, ample. Uh, no, uh, no, I'm thinking of like the Roman uh, amphire. Because they used to have their wine in, so that's that's where my brain's getting confused. Yeah, I mean that's up. that's pretty close because it's a according to Wikipedia, someone that is primarily a botanist concerned primarily with grapevines. Hmm. You that's said such botanist. a strange, strange like my brain heard no. lobotomist. <laughs> Put the vine here at the nose and then we just <laughs> implant it with an ice pick. Whirl it around when it's up in there. And then a agronomist. It's an agricultural economist. Expert in the science of soil management and crop production. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like not, honestly, not as far off as, as it sounds, but yeah. Well, they do uh, experiments that uh, find the best methods for increasing the quality and production of crops. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, the invisible hand of the invisible hand of terroir of terroir. <laughs> uh, what would Adam Smith be in French? Because that's who wrote that book. Uh, anyway, you got uh, me on that one. Yeah, <laughs> both of those know. are very English names. Very English. Sounds like it's about as English as it gets. Uh. Whitest man on earth invented economics. Who knew? Uh, Michel Ame uh, Porget, sometimes referred to as, uh, as Miguel Ame Porget. Uh, also nicknamed Porky. Hmm. It's not oh, yeah, that's I'm just Megan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the, the ergonomist and the amplographer. Amplographer. Uh, some sources, however, claim that Malbec's established in Argentina predates his arrival. Uh, Nonetheless, World Malbec Day is celebrated on the 17th, 17th of April and is the date uh, then president at, of Argentina, Domingo Faustino Sarmiento, in uh, 1853, officially requested Porget come to Argentina from Chile and help establish vineyards on a significant scale. Hmm. I always, like, I think of Chile, of Chile being so, like, like they, they actually are, like, you know, sharing a thing but for whatever reason I, I think of Chile being further south and I don't know why 
because uh, both both countries run the whole bottom end of <laughs> of South America. So south that it almost turns into Europe. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's I, why I'm I'm so messed up with that geography. Apparently, well, I was gonna say they 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 do have the same like they're you know they're in that the the southern temperate zone. Uh, yeah, like that band, you know, tropic in this equator and then temperate and temperate. Although when you get down south, is it Argentina that touches the Arctic Circle or? Yeah. Antar- Ar- yeah, Arctic Antar- Circle, right? A- Antarctic Circle. Antarctic. Yeah, because that's Antarctica but down there. So yeah, it's the Arctic that has ants. It's chilly down there. It's chilly down there. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I'm I'm the one without kids, and I'm making the dad jokes. Anyway, uh, by the late 1880s, Spanish immigrants uh, flooded Mendoza to escape the ravages of uh, the phylloxera louse. Oh, that phylloxera louse. Uh, that was devastating. Real... I'm okay. going to let you finish, but that's a real bad insult right there. You lousy phylloxera. <laughs> Uh, Mendoza. Sorry, the picture of Mendoza has appeared on our stream, and I'm... <laughs> Mendoza was not, uh, was not, not influenced. What's the word that I'm looking for here? Not, Mendoza wasn't bothered by any flooding that happened. No. No. I keep forgetting the chain that's around his neck. <laughs> yeah. It has to be a different bird by this point, right? There's no way the bird that initially harassed Scott is still alive. I mean, I feel like it's just at, at this point, it's all waterfowl in the area. <laughs> the, uh, see Chris, um, there are once a, uh, once in a generation waterfowl that are born that, <laughs> that live for, for thousands of years until one of the other fowls remove its head. <laughs> uh, Near the end, they will feel the quicken. They'll feel a calling to each other. Oh, to, uh, and they will, Is they will this... engage in 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 combat with with Scott Johnson. <laughs> Not with each other, just him, and he has to has to deal with them. So I know where you're at now, but initially the... I was like, oh, we're going to a Buffy reference. Okay. Oh nope. <laughs> no, we're not. Who's the Spaniard in all this? <laughs> Mendoza is the Sean Connery of them. <laughs> Oh, okay. He's he's a Spaniard. Comes in with a Scottish accent. Claims he's Egyptian. <laughs> and has a, has a Spanish name. Look, that, checks out. that always bugged the hell out of me. <laughs> oh yes, boy. <laughs> My name's Ramirez. I'm Egyptian. <laughs> Look, no one's getting fine. Whatever. Joke. The Frenchman's a the Frenchman's a Scot too. So who cares? <laughs> Uh, anyway, the flocks are allowed was devastating uh, vineyards in Europe at the time. Just, <sighs> you know, I feel like we should, instead of calling it the phylloxera outbreak, I guess because it happened to wine and vineyards, it's classier. We can't just call it the great grape famine. <laughs> the great grape famine. Just had people fleeing the same way that, uh, you know, the potato famine just ruined the Irish. I mean, you couldn't call it the grapest. <laughs> Oh, no one was getting graped in the mouth with phylloxera around. 
This is getting into a weird episode. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're not that drunk. We're just punchy. So I apologize. Uh, anyway, because of that, there's a wine boom. Uh, there's a boom in wine production in 1885 uh, when a railway railway line was completed between Mendoza and the country's capital, Buenos Aires, providing cheaper, easier way for uh, sending wine throughout the region. I say kill them all. <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> For most of the 20th century, the Argentinian wine industry focused almost entirely on the domestic market. And it is, the, it is only in the past 25 years that a push towards quality has led the wines of Mendoza gracing restaurant lists the world over. It's true. I do see a lot more uh, Argentinian wine now that... Yeah, than you would have expected a, a few years back. Who'd have thought quality yeah. will do that? Quality and marketing. As we mentioned, this Most. region is no stranger to wine production, uh, with the history of Mendoza dating back as early as the 16th century. Today, there's a great focus on producing powerful expressions of Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, Tempranillo. Is that how we say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tempranillo. And Shiraz. With a combination of high-altitude wines and influence from Argentinian culture, Mendoza has managed to build itself a solid reputation for producing quality wines. So I, I suddenly, when you were saying Shiraz, I was thinking of, uh, uh, about to call it Shiraz, and then I just immediately pictured uh, uh, inoffensive uh, uh, soft rock music, musician Jason Mraz. <laughs> just with a glass of wine, just serenading wine moms. Like. Oh, no, I got that song in my head. Which one? The Remedy thing. Oh, that one. Okay. Well, in the region's early history, producers were able to determine that the vineyards had to be established at higher altitudes where cooler conditions can be found to ensure balance in the grapes. Did the producers discover that, or did the indigenous people tell them this is how you have to plant things, and they thanked them with a bullet? They, they discovered it through interrogation. <laughs> uh, tell me. You- tell me how you make your vine. How did you become German, Spaniard? <laughs> you'll, know, you'll know in a few years. I- I need somebody to help me out here because I remember a late night commercial mm-hmm. where some guy was selling you condos or houses or timeshares or something in temp- Temporillo. Like, I, I I don't know. Like, it was a, a place maybe in California or something that they were selling these. And I cannot find it anywhere, but I need somebody who, who knows what I'm talking about. Um to send a link to that one. See, I just think of that. Um, is it funny or die, or is it the other college humor? Um, that that wine stuff that they kept doing. Um, it was uh, college humor when they did the the. Yeah. And it, well, it, they they had the Adam ruins everything on wine. Well, that's true too. That's it, the best one. I don't know. Now I don't remember if it's that one, but the the chick says it, but she says it in the like. It's obviously like a dub over of like the dude, and he's like Tempranillo. <laughs> I think, I think it is college humor because they also do the because I made the joke earlier because it's the the Gabinier Sauvignon. Yeah, yeah. Like they try to say it, and they just dub over there. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I think of every time. The Adam ruins everything is when uh, the the wine judge comes in at the end, just like with a giant bag of wine. <laughs> oh, I, that like, dude. I like wines in. Ah! Yeah. She's like, this is dry. It's obviously wet. I don't understand. <laughs> well, along with that, the soil in these high altitudes prevented the roots from rotting and from becoming waterlogged. Although the region is extremely dry and the rainfall in Mendoza is virtually non-existent, the melting snow-capped mountains uh, offer sufficient water for the vineyards at these altitudes. Mm. These well-drained soils capture just enough water for the vines to survive. This fusion of ideal conditions is what made the region of Mendoza the viticulture center of South America. You know, we've talked... We talked a lot, especially with our on our new show, uh, before everything became depressing and we couldn't keep doing it. Uh, uh, it's hard about to keep reporting how, on the slow death of an industry and the slow death of the planet, because this is what I was getting to with the the uh, uh, you know French wine having so much trouble. Since there's so little water there, and they are reliant on on melting ice caps for a bit of it, I wonder how the Argentine wine stuff is handling, you know, changing climates. We haven't heard about that. I mean, we heard plenty about how France is in trouble. And France, yeah, because France is a big, big name. It's that you know, in terms of wine, like the country is known for its wine. Argentina is sort of known for its wine, but not to the level that France is. Mm. So I wonder if they have like similar things. We just didn't get that information. Could mm. be. I mean, Argentina, they can just keep moving up the mountain. True. No, no, is, just things I was thinking about. There is no single factor that contributes to the quality of the grapes, but several combined factors that have allowed the region to flourish. The history of Mendoza's wine region started in the 16th century with the region's warm climate and nutritious soil providing the perfect conditions for the vines to thrive. Though in the 19th century, the first plantations of Melbeck transpired, which was the pinnacle point that emphasized what sort of wine could be produced here. Today, these Melbeck wines from the Mendoza are continuously being rewarded with international awards and recognition. Mm. Also, international awards. Because I don't know where else I'm going to shoehorn it in. But uh, it's also, uh, it, it fits with our running gag of uh, Nazis. But uh, mm-hmm. Heinrich Mueller was never found uh, mm. head of the SS. You know who, uh, uh, you know who was found? Who? Oh, what is it? Big, big extra, uh, Eichmann, Heinrich Eichmann. Mm. Did find him. Yeah. <laughs> You know where they found him? <laughs> give you give you one guess. Well, it's it's pertinent to the topic today. Oh, in Argentina. Yeah, man who came up with the final solution gets found in Argentina. Huh. Yeah. Sorry. All right. I think the gag runs out on that one. It does. <laughs> it does. Well, I think by the time we hit Dykeman, we've we've hit bottom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like all right, That's we got to stop bad. now. We've 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 addressed it. That's it. That's the story of that is amazing, and it's one of my favorite like espionage stories. But that's for a different day. All right. Well, uh, as of 2008, the Mendoza region contained more than 356,000 acres of planted vineyards, producing nearly two thirds of the entire Argentine wine production. 
One area of emerging importance in the Mendoza wine region is the uh, Valle, Valle, Valle de Uco, question mark, which includes the Tupungato department featuring vineyards planted nearly 3,900 feet above sea levels and is emerging as a source of premium quality wine or white wine varietals such as Chardonnay. In the uh, Lujan department? Lujan. Lujan. That's probably correct, yeah. Lujan. Uh, in the Lujan department, areas that may Lujan. appear on wine labels include the towns of um, Ancoris, uh, Agrelo. Oh, God. So I got all the... Okay, so I sucked at the document, so now I get all the words. <laughs> Not intentional. No, 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 no. Uh, Car- Look, Car- Kate, I, Kate. I got a full section, too. No, Kate. Okay. Kate. Kate's got some fun, too. Carodilla, uh, Chakras de Coria. Come on, Peggy Las, Hill. It. Las Compuertas. Peggy Hill, that shit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying at least a little bit. I mean, for kind of long. Uh, Mayor... Drummond. Mayor Drummond. I, I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to say that in like in the nicest way. Um, Perdriel, Tre Esquinas, uh, Ugarteche, and Yistalba. My God. Okay. In the Maipu department, uh, areas that may appear on wine labels include the towns of that one, Coquimbito, uh, Cruz. De Piedra, Las Barrancas, uh, Lunlunta, and Russell. <laughs> I was like, that one's, I don't know how to make that sound fancier. Um, Russell. Uh, so, subregions. Actually, it's a double Y. Russie. Wait. Ru- I don't, I'm, I'm, get, I'm kidding. Russia. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. That is weird. Um, okay, so subregions of Mendoza wine country. If you're curious to know more, you can gain lots of confidence by studying the differences in the wines from Mendoza's subregions. So the Maipo, uh, Lu- okay, so that has a Y instead of a J. Is that a different area? <laughs> I think it's probably the same one, just a different spelling. Because fun fact, when you put them into to English, uh, some of your letters will change. Yeah, weird stuff happens. Uh, Lujan de Cuyo. I know I'm not saying that word right. Uh, San Rafael and East Mendoza. Like that one. <laughs> Just East Mendoza. Um, yeah. Has an intense rivalry with, with West Mendoza. <laughs> it does. They've got a biggie wine over there and they've got <laughs> they've got their, their their Shakur Mendoza on the west side. <laughs> God. My uh, um, poll is the Province's most historic wine region is just south of Mendoza City. Here you'll find historic Bodega Lopez, as well as the well-known Pascual Toso and Charpiche wineries. Uh, For the most part, Malbec wines from Maipu are offered red fruit, uh, red currant, pomegranate, boysenberry, different, red plum, and cherry flavors with a touch of earthy cedar or tobacco. That sounds interesting. (laughs) <laughs> it does, although uh, they kind of lost me a little bit of cherry. As I was discussing with someone, I don't want cherry in almost anything. Doesn't, yeah. Uh, an area called Barrancas, which is slightly warmer than the surrounding Maipu, is noted for producing wines with darker fruit flavors and softer acidity. 
which is true of its Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Midi Syrah. Midi Meaty. The Lujan de Clio uh, contains many ultra-modern wineries and some of the region's most glamorous boutique hotels. It is home to the game-changing producer uh, Catena Sabata, as well as dozens of other exceptional wineries, including uh, Acaval Verre. Um, completely I heard that. I heard that as like uh, I heard it as Carnita Zapata, and I was like. Wait, meat, beef, shoe? Carnitas. Um, Bodegas Nortan, Vigna Cabos, uh, Bodega Vistalba, and Doriguti, uh, just to name a few, you know, thankfully. Um, you may pay a premium for high-end wines from uh, Luján de Coyo, but these wines also excel at offering value-driven second-label wines. Interesting. Uh, Malbec from Cuyo will offer more black fruits, so boys, blackberry, boysenberry, plum sauce. It's very specific. Black cherry. See, black cherry is different, though. I feel like that's a different, I don't know. You don't quite, quite get tuss in there. But uh, you get Asian spice notes and a dusty or graphite-like finish. Yum. Uh, <laughs> within the Luján de Cuyo region, Wines often have labels for the nearest town. As you taste these wines, you'll start to notice how certain areas within Cuyo feel subtly different, given the different terroirs at play. Of the subregions, uh, Agrelo, uh, Elegance and Power, Vistalba, Minerality, Las Compuertas, Elegance, and Pedreal, Tannin, offer some of the most distinguishable differences. It's a mouthful. A wine mouthful. So, moving on to the Uco Valley, we've got some of the highest elevation vineyards of all of Mendoza. The Uco Valley, or Valle de Uco, is known for producing wines with elegance and excellent aging potential. Uh, this region has attracted producers from all over the world, including Clos de la Siete, um, a Michael Roland brand. O Fournier, uh, Domaine Basquet, oh no, Busquet, um, Bodega Lutherton, um, I like the, the idea there's Bodega there, um, <laughs> I just like that word, Altos Los Hormigas, which is the tall ants, <laughs> by <laughs> Tuscan right, Alberto right. Antonini. Uh, there's even a prospect called the Vines of Mendoza, where you can own a private vineyard. This is maybe where I saw those late night commercials. Uh, <laughs> wines from this region offer dense, layered black fruits with black plum, raspberry, blackberry, and olive, which has a, a savory note of also red pepper flakes and a dusty cocoa powder-like finish. You ever eat like straight cocoa powder and see how the different like that flavor is different from real? Like chocolate, even chocolate nibs. Oh, totally different. Interesting flavor combo there. Um, expect to spend, and I love that this is like staving people off. Expect to spend over eighteen dollars a <laughs> bottle to sample these true, uh, uh t- the true t- typicity. That is a word. I'm guessing the true typical uh, flavors of the Valley de Uco. Um, but I like the word. 
sometimes wines from the Uko Valley will be labeled after the nearest town, including Tupungato. Uh, I know Gato is cat, so I really want to know what that means together. Vista Flores, so um, Flores being flowers, I'm pretty sure in that one. Tun Tunuyan, uh, Campos de la Andes, Los Sauces, love it. San Carlos La Consulta and Villa Seca. So those were the old in the Uco Valley region inside of the Mendoza. Or subregion. Subregion, probably. Uh, San Rafael is next. If you drive 150 miles south of the city of Mendoza, you'll find San Rafael, a region with a limited number of wineries some of which were started by Italian immigrants in the early 1900s. Valentin, Valentine Bianchi is one of the such wineries that offers a range of value-driven, high-quality Cabernet Sauvignon and Malbec wines that offer red, roasted berry flavors with a savory herbal finish. I really want to find some wines from this area now. Uh, I'm okay with fruit bombs, but I really like herbal stuff and and minerally things, so this would be really nice up my alley. San Rafael remains a great value wine region, although few of its producers import into the U.S. Dang it. Um, East Mendoza, also known as San Martin. Uh, East Mendoza has many older vineyards planted with some of Mendoza's more esoteric varieties, including the Criolla Grande, the Pedro Jimenez, and Muscatel Rosada, Bonarda, and Tempanrio, along with plenty of Malbec in there. While this area has been long considered the doldrums for quality Malbec, <laughs> uh, it's ripe with potential flavor for the right uh, gar. Thank you, Brittany. Um, winemaker, I guess Spanish for garage, garage winemaker, to come oh. along and do things a little differently. Uh, so I just, real quick, I looked up typicity because I'm like, what? It's a French term, um, I think. And it's a term in wine tasting used to describe the degree to which a wine reflects its varietal origins and demonstrates the signature characteristics of the grape from which it was produced. So, like, how Mer- right. like Merlot wine tastes like a Merlot. <laughs> Bob, I, don't, I think you're muted. Um, so it's it, their it, version it, of beer-ass beer. Ah, yes. <laughs> or it may be typical for the style. Yeah. yeah. Typicity yeah. and typical, maybe, maybe similar words there. That's the way you say, well, it's... This is what it's supposed to taste like. Do I enjoy it? No. <laughs> it's like going to a dog show. Best best in best in breed. This is this is typical for the schnauzers. <laughs> hey. Hey. Doesn't mean it's good. Hey, we had a schnauzer. <laughs> my uh my in-laws have a schnauzer right now and that schnauzer don't like kids. They do not. They're kind of dicks. They, the, the, they, they tend to attack children. I know this from experience. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I, had, I threw a listicle in here just because I was like, well, in case anyone's interested, especially if you're getting, uh, the, this was ahead of time, of course, for the episode, like, hey, if you're going to look, look for something. Um, I did, I did try to use this while, while shopping <laughs> for it. I've never heard of any of these, but also we don't really whine much. So, 
Oh, I whine plenty. Uh, well, <laughs> W-I-N-E. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I don't think we need, really need to go through the list necessarily, but we can. I can throw it in the in the notes. Um, but do we do we have anything else we want to throw in there, or just get into what we're drinking? I think we're probably ready. I mean, to... this the region is a a powerhouse. You know, just as as we have said, go back and listen to the Argentina episode because you're going to get a lot more broad strokes with this painting instead of just getting into the details here but this is the powerhouse whenever you're you're finding argentinian wine it's going to probably be from this area um if it's got an area marked on it yeah and so it's it's almost like you've got Australian, which has kind of been a big non-U.S., non-French, non-Italian, you know, those non-European winemakers. You've got Australia and you've got Argentina, which have both started cranking out inexpensive wines that are also really high quality. And so this is one of those regions that you, I think you can go to and find find that little bit of... of uh, they do blends, so you could do something very much like a, or find something very much like a, um, a Bordeaux without getting those straight Bordeaux prices that right. you would normally get. And so, um, definitely a cool place to check out on those cheaper bottles. Yeah, I mean, I remember, and um, I think it was that episode of specifically Argentine wines, but um, all of us were like, "Oh, Malbec, okay, yeah." <laughs> Like that was a that was a good thing. I don't remember. I don't think we checked like where the Malbec came from, uh, mm-hmm. within Argentina, you know. But um, but yeah, that's something to think about in the future. All right. Well, drink with me, friend. Are we ever gonna use the new one? Shit. <laughs> Just hit it now. Take two. Uh, well, it's, it, again, it's because of the stupid volume level, but here, I'll turn it up. Sparkling Muscatel, one of the finest wines of Idaho. Uh, would you taste it for us, please? <clears throat> Excellent choice. Should be for 95 cents. Mm. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, Perfect I just need for, to increase the especially volume. Especially for still. today. <laughs> Should be for ninety five cents. <laughs> <laughs> Should be for ninety five cents. That's almost uh. like the best. Um. So, um, uh, I feel like we're just, just like, and now for something completely different because you know we are, we're in the in the we're clearing out the fridge, um, phase because there's of, a of beer the season, run of the year. Coming. Yeah. Um. That and Oktoberfest. So it's like, ugh. Yeah. Got to make some room. Um, but we, uh, we did not have a wine of any kind at all. We had sake. Uh, yes, we had the harvester, which was the pumpkin spice mm-hmm. sake. Because tis the season. Tis the season, and it's in the fridge, and it's gotta go. It's it quite is, good. Yes, That's been in your good. fridge for a while. Also, like, I don't know if you can see the... Oh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get through... Oh, yeah, that one does have, like, uh, uh, like the vanilla flakes in there. So I was like, can you call that sediment? I don't know what to. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, I mean, Stuff. well, I think they're the flakes, like, yeah, like they're, that's intentional. They're perfectly fine to consume. 
Oh well, yeah, it just it it's that like mouth feel where you're just like, oh, that's there, huh? Mine's uh, a <laughs> mine's more the consistency of oatmeal at this point. Yeah, we could call it uh, flavor crystals. <laughs> I really liked it though. It's not um, it doesn't it's not intense. Like it's not uh, I don't know. If you're if you're like, oh, that's the PSL. It, it is not by any stretch. Who makes this this harvester? Ah, yes, Void, Void Sake. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I the think I brought that up to you guys a good minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, our fridge Again, is the place the where good good beverages go to die. I'm just glad it's still good. I I was pretty sure it would actually probably still hold up pretty well. Uh, but I was just curious because I was like, wait, they haven't made that since. <laughs> yeah. They they're about to to start cranking out more seasonal things for, you know, kick off of the new season. There's, there's a, a, a sake day is soon. Mm. So like, like they, there's an actual like world sake day that they've got to get there. Be cranking some stuff out for. Is there an equivalent for sake that you could do? That's like hot buttered rum. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, uh remember the, the evanescent, the, the, uh, Oh, uh, get that hot. Okay. It tastes like a hot buttered rum. That's fine. Okay. Well, like I, because they they were doing heated sakes for uh, uh, during the last during winter. And I was like, you know what? Let's try try evanescent hot. And I just went. And I was like, all right, try this. And I went, okay. That's a hot buttered rum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Genius. Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad you guys would like it. I didn't make it i don't know why i said that like i was <laughs> like i had pride in it i was like i you know i got you guys something i was glad you enjoyed it all right uh, uh what are you drinking bob i have been drinking to style i've been drinking uh uh expression from me turtle no it's a Indeed. it's a wine wow. it's a cabernet franc i even made joke in our in our group text that i was like i mean do i really have to buy wine <laughs> but i decided yes. i mean always I, look i spent more on alcohol today than i really kind of wanted to because i also wanted some some sitting around and drinking beer mm, been there that's what i've and been focused on recently just i mean we've spent so long hunting for 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 special beer that sometimes i really just want a beer to have with dinner mm-hmm. uh but this is fine. Uh, <laughs> a, for for its order. price, it is it is uh, probably pretty solid. This was like because this is the the this is actually probably a little old too. This is twenty nineteen. Uh, but this is uh, it's like twelve bucks or something. Yeah. Uh, but is a. a Honestly, it's it's I can drink it, which is probably a, a a solid bar for a wine. If I'm willing to get it get it down, I'm I'm probably fine. Uh, there you go. It does have like a very it. it I'm trying to give a good way to describe this. Uh, it 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 has a, has some 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 decent earthy kind of flavors, uh, and I think it's got maybe a hint of some kind of wood. I don't know what, but it's got like a. a 
some kind of like almost barrel quality, but not mm. not very strong. It's it's a very subtle thing, uh, and I might be mis misidentifying something else for it. But uh, that said, I take a whiff of it when I'm smelling. It's like hmm, smells like rancid grapes. <laughs> yeah, we're not uh, uh we're not going to wine tastings anytime soon. I don't think. I mean, <laughs> I should. <laughs> it, it's going to be that episode of Parks and Rec where April is the, you know, tries to go for the sommelier accreditation and she is just trolling everyone. That would be me at one of these. So I've thought about it. And <laughs> at Disney at Wine Bar George, you can get God. a sommelier to hand pick a tasting. What, what, what flavors would you like, sir? I don't know. You got to taste like a burrito. <laughs> I'm having the burrito in just a few moments. <laughs> Bring me a wine to go with my chimichanga. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, we really need to keep, like, a good list of, like, wines that we didn't hate. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly, you're mentioning the Malbec, and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I actually kind of enjoyed that. By the way, this has, like... um some sticker on the bottle that says like, oh, it's got like 91 points on some sort of wine rating scale, but it was just so I would buy it. And I only <laughs> bought it because it was cheap, not because it was... 91 points? Yeah, I was like, I, I don't mean, I don't know this man's scale, but also cheap wine. So, I, you know, in the land that wine forgot, <laughs> um, I went out and found two in the entire liquor store. There were two Argentinians um, in there, one was from 2017, a red blend, and I was not taking any chances on that one because I did find a 2020. Um, and so I was, I was going to the store. I was like, well, I know I'm not going to have an Argentina wine at, at the house. That's very specialty. So let me go ahead and buy this. It's $12.99 a bottle. Great price, especially for my middle of nowhere liquor stores because oh, they God. can get pretty, uh, pretty expensive. I don't know, Casey. Were you saying that 2017 that there might be a little dust on the bottle? There was a lot of <laughs> dust on the bottle. You got the picture. <laughs> I did. Uh, now that said, I bring it home. Excellent bottle. The the 20, 2020 that I got. Excellent bottle. It's Alamos. Um, it's a 2020 Malbec from Mendoza. 13.5 percent. 91 points. Um, Robert Parker. Mendoza. I was going to say, is that like a Verbino thing or no? Wine Advocate gave it uh, ah. 90 points and then the Suckling gave it 91. So I say that I to know. then say I go back over to my admittedly not a huge selection of wine. Like in, in wine cellar terms, uh, this is very small. It's a couple Ikea cubes full of wine and that's it. <laughs> I have four bottles of Malbec, or sorry, not Malbec. I have four bottles of uh, of Argentinian Mendoza wines <laughs> over there. So, in fact, you did have exactly well, what I you did. needed. I had three bottles of the same Santa Julia Reserva Cabernet Sauvignon 2019 from Valle de Uco. So I could have had the wine that I was talking about, or, or at least from the region. And then I have a bottle that came in the Costco pack that I said, I'm buying this so that when we do wine episodes, I won't have to go out and buy the wine. And I'll already <laughs> have it. Uh, nice. Which is Mendoza Nights. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Mendoza Nights. 
Also, that's just a good idea, actually. <laughs> Costco thing. It's fair. Uh, I will say, though, when I heard the brand of Alamos, all I could think of was, Alamos, <laughs> let the rhythm take you over, Alamos. On the greatest Take it out. All that whisper singing. God, that drove me nuts. Taqueria. <laughs> Taqueria. But yes, so next time I'm going to actually make a look. Um, I've got some wines from like Europe that if we ever do a, uh, a Moscatel episode or what, you know, very similar um, regions that we've never talked about and probably never will. Coats de Gascogne uh, <laughs> in France and uh, a Moldovia or a Moldova wine um not even sure where moldova is i was like that sounds like a whole different country situation there yeah like countries that you really aren't normally buying wine from i've probably got a bottle sitting <laughs> in from the costco uh costco pack That's awesome who who wants some estonian wine i mean i'll try anything once yeah whatever <laughs> Was it on on the Costco thing? Was it like a a regular pack, or did you get like was it like one of those holiday things that you? It was the twenty four nights, um, and so I just didn't drink most of the wines. <laughs> uh, what I did was I kept the the whites for never mind. Uh, so I kept all <laughs> the white wines for normal everyday drinking, and then the reds I put back so that we could have like reds for the episodes because usually when we're talking wine, it's talking reds. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> so those are those are I've got like five or six left on that one. I may have a see this one's from Italy. Just like the Casey embraced the Argentinian tradition just then. <laughs> I do have a Portuguese wine. Um and uh Maccabeo Spain wine. But yeah. So um, all right. It's there. Alrighty. So you can subscribe and get some great resources at have a drink show dot sorry. You can subscribe or get some great resources at have a drink show.com or follow us at have a drink show on social media and twitch.tv. Also, today's episode was written by Brittany using oh. sources from Mendoza Wine Region uh, guide from Vinvo. Uh Vivno. Mendoza wine from Wikipedia, old solid search uh, when in doubt search for yeah. Uh, South American uh, Wines, uh, Mastering the Mendoza Melbach, and uh, winesearcher.com for the regions. Uh, My apologies, Brittany. Oh, no, I just didn't say, I also put, and Bob, on there because he helped, because I, I was like... I don't know what you're talking about. I jumped right to where I saw my, my color on <laughs> like, the dock. purple, <laughs> done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't forget, uh, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Use the feedback page on the website. Uh, you can uh, take a message, drink a bottle of wine, put it in a bottle, throw it out into sea, pick the bottle back up out of the sea because that's littering, and then just take the letter back out and put it in the mail. I'm go. not going to give you the address. You'll figure it out. Yeah, it's. All joking and fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly and please join us at Oktoberfest Cincinnati, America's Oktoberfest. Yeah, I was going to say, check us out in the next couple of weeks for the next live episode, which happens to be Oktoberfest. Be some lives, <laughs> a lot of live stuff happening. Look, we'll be going live that, that whole weekend, and 
you might be able to see some of us on another channel even that weekend. Yeah, we're still, details we are know. fun. We don't know. Um, That's why I said might. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just a heads up to people, like, so we, tr- we try to stream on Twitch while we're there, but also um, last year we posted to IGTV, like Instagram Reels and stuff like that. So that that actually kind of worked out pretty well because, you know, Instagram and Facebook tied together. So, it, it, yeah. Um, a lot of viewers on Facebook, it turns out. Uh, so, it yeah. It also just, is that quick kind of content where you don't have to really edit or anything. It's just good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very handy when you're out and about. Um, For sure. So, uh, and then <laughs> just, I just heard that in my brain somehow. Um, also a reminder, of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, have a drink store.com. Please go check it out. There's new stuff. Thank you. Okay. So once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. (laughs) 